Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf and Wyatt and Brandy and all my Rhodesian Ridgebacks and rescue dogs out there. We are going to be having a great show today. We're going to be discussing what's been in the media quite a lot and actually happened to me this past week. We're talking about what do you do when you go into a place and you have a legitimate service dog that is highly trained and that is needed by you for medical assistance or for other reasons. What do you do when you're refused service? Well, there's a big debate on that, and anybody who's been following us on Merlin'sKids.org can see that other the that other than a you know a couple of people who obviously didn't know the law, most people who have service dogs, legitimate service dogs, actually do know the law. And they do understand, you know, what the different things are um, that are required. Well, I'm going to explain that to you, and hopefully next week we're going to have a lovely lady who we met just last week, just this past week, because of the situation, who is an expert on ADA law. Now, here's the problem. Yes, you can go buy a fake service vest. Yes, you can go buy a fake service dog card. But when you buy that, you don't realize, and obviously the people who are listening to this show aren't the ones who need the the talking to, but when you buy one of those and you offer up an ID card, that usually means that you're not legitimate. Here's the thing. When you walk in, and I've had service dogs for a very long time um, for, for some medical issues, there are only two questions that can be asked of you. Um, basically, if anyone denies you access, you have a choice of sitting there or standing there and arguing with them and calling police and all that stuff. But at Merlin's Kids, we don't want the confrontation. We handle things nice and quietly, and we handle them in a, in a nice demeanor where we don't come off as, you know, obviously, you know, an angry person who's, you know, you've got to let me in. It's, it's not going to help anything. What we're looking to do, and like I said, we're going to have next week, um, we're going to have one of the people who is quite the expert on ADA law and etiquette as well, who is going to be explaining um, a little bit more in detail. But for today, we're going to talk about what do you do if you have a need for a service dog. Now, we've spoken ad infinitum on all different types of service dog training. We've spoken about how to get your dog used to things uh, for those of you who are having self-trained dogs. But a big problem is, unfortunately, there are a lot of people. I estimate that there are more people who are faking it than who actually need dogs and have legitimate dogs. Um, It cannot be an emotional support or comfort dog. In other words, it can't be that, you know, when you have a panic attack, you pet the dog and it makes you feel better. That's not covered. That's not technically in any way a service dog. It may be covered as an emotional support animal on airlines, but even if you go out of the country, if you go internationally, you can't even bring a legit service dog on the plane unless the agency and and or the dog are registered um, through a service dog group uh, that handles these kind of things internationally. 
So we have everything from fake IDs to fake vests to dogs who are not behaved to dogs who are behaved uh, to dogs who are, you know, trying to get food off the table in a restaurant or dogs who are dancing around or growling or like we saw earlier this year and it was one of my uh, shows that mo- many, many people had commented about was there was a, a guy, young guy, not that it means anything, but it was a young, big, strong guy um, who had a what appeared to be either a bull boxer or um, one of the Cane Corso-type dogs, maybe an American bulldog. It was hard to see from the clip. But it was a large, very large dog, well over 100 pounds. Um, and the dog was in the airport, uh, supposedly the guy's service dog, and it lunged up and it attacked a man who happened to be a dentist, and it bit him pretty badly. All the man did was he was boarding the flight, um, as everybody else was boarding the flight, and the dog just singled him out and attacked him. Now, that set service dogs, real service dogs, back a long, long way, because now what happens when we get these fakers, and especially if there's aggression, I don't care if it is a a dog that's a legit dog, we all know as service dog handlers, we know that you cannot have a dog who has any sort of aggression. Now, I went into a restaurant in uh, in uh, New Jersey here in Morris County. Um, it's all it was all over the place, and I just went in like I normally do. Um, went in with my service dog, and was denied access because they didn't think he was a service dog. Now the problem is that first of all, unless the dog is a danger to itself or to others, if the dog is out of control if the dog is obviously um, attacking someone or barking incessantly or, or anything unbefitting a service dog, they have absolutely any right, whether it's a legitimate service dog or not, to ask someone to leave. The problem is, though, when a dog is not behaving in that way and someone comes up and says, oh, I have allergies, I'm allergic to dogs, well, you know what, sorry, but that that's not our problem. We're sad you have allergies. We can sit over on the other side as to so we can accommodate your uh, disability as well as the other person's disability. But you can't prevent someone, when you're serving the general public, you can't prevent somebody from coming in to your facility, to your establishment, with a well-behaved service dog. It's just not okay. There's Americans with Disabilities Act, which is what we're going to elaborate on quite a bit more next week, hopefully. Um, So what happened was, instead of the person saying, hey, you know, the place is very busy, and, you know, can you wait a a minute so that we can put you into the back? Uh, You know, I'm allergic to dogs. Um, could, Could we put you over there? Would you mind? That wouldn't have been a problem. Most legit, I would say probably all legitimate service dog handlers know that, you know, obviously we have to accommodate others as we wish to be accommodated, but it's a law. It's not open for discussion. So this uh, very obnoxious diner owner had contacted, um, you know, initially it started at the the uh, assistant, a very obnoxious woman who uh, was there, and I don't know what she was, I guess a cashier or something. Um, she said, you can't come in. And you got to get out of here. And she wasn't very nice. She, I don't think I saw her smile the entire time. Not a happy person. That's not my problem either. But there was a waitress there who said, 
you know, that's a service dog. You have to let the dog in. And there is even a law for those of you who are training in certain states. Your state may also give you rights, as they do in New Jersey. You can bring in your dog as long as it's well-behaved while it's in training to be a service dog as well. So even if somebody does not allow you to come in, then your state law would kick in where you would be able to go to places as long as your dog is behaving well and is doing the things that a dog should be doing. Now, how do you get that initial experience? That's where you go to places where dogs are allowed. You go to outdoor cafes and you teach a dog to lie under the table. You teach a dog in your own house or at your friend's house to go under the table so that the dog starts learning these things right away, not making it, uh, you know, where suddenly, you know, you're taking an untrained dog into into pub, the public and you're, you know, having this dog then, um, you know, try to get it all going in, in 15 minutes. But we're going to talk about that a lot more in a moment. So please stay tuned because we will be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purspraypet.com. That's P-U-R spraypet.com, purspraypet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. And we're talking about dogs and we're talking about service dogs. This is the real nuts and bolts of what we do, folks. When you listen and you try to train your own dog that you need to have as a service dog, you are not just representing yourself, but remember you're representing other people because unfortunately if you are rude or obnoxious and you call for, I want the police here, and you make a big thing and a big scene, that doesn't bode well because people will assume that all people who have service dogs are obnoxious and loud. You may be right. You are right that you're allowed in as long as your dog is well-behaved and is doing what it's supposed to be doing and not upsetting the course of uh, business. But the problem is that if people see your pet, let's say somebody who has a pet who is out of control or barking or whatever it's doing, and it has a little service dog patch or a little service dog vest on it, 
which, by the way, a real service dog does not have to be identified with that. Uh, verbal identification, um, notification to the establishment owner or manager or whoever asks you um, is, is enough to suffice. And there are two questions, which, again, we'll talk about next week. But there are only two very simple questions that can be asked. Basically, is the dog a service dog for you? Uh, yes. And uh, in New Jersey, if it is not your dog, but it is a service dog that is uh, being trained for someone else, you can say no, and obviously if it's not for specifically for you, but I am the trainer and I'm training the dog, well, that gives you the same rights. Uh, the second thing basically is what, uh, how does the dog help you? What does the dog do to mitigate your, uh, your issues? Um, so let's say, for instance, you have balance issues. You'd say the dog helps me, prevents me from falling over, or the dog alerts to a, before I have a seizure. So, you know, am I thrilled with that? Not really, because to me it's nobody's business what my health issues are. But the problem is that if we don't have something, then people are just going to be bringing any old pet in, and you're going to start having problems, which we're having now. So now, and I'm comparing now to... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, even when I was a kid, when I was at Columbia University, my good friend Vicki Winslow, I, and if she's listening, Vicki, get back in touch with me. I miss you. Uh, I used to walk around with Vicki and Honey. Honey was her yellow lab who was a sweetheart, and she would sit at the, in the footwell of my car and go on the train with us and the bus with us all up and down New York City, um, all over Midtown, all you know downtown. And we used to go all over. Well, she was very obviously blind. Um, Honey was back then one of the very few seeing eye dogs. There were not many. And Vicky was one of the youngest people with a seeing eye dog. And, you know, it's very obvious that she needed the dog. Well, you know, now there are dogs for hearing uh, to, to help people who are hard of hearing or who are completely deaf to be safe so that they know if somebody's coming up from behind, if they, you know, can make sure they're not going to get hit by a bicycle or a car. I mean, it's, it's also, again, it's very, very serious. But there are other things now that we have been using dogs for, I have been using for many years, things like seizures, that a dog can alert and prevent a seizure or at least alert so the person is not sitting or is not standing or, or doing something, the person can sit down or get down on the floor so they don't fall down and crack their skull open. Uh, dogs that have uh, blood sugar, uh, right now we've got quite a few dogs that we're training to be diabetic alert dogs. One of the little boys is only like 16, 17 months old. He's a baby. He's adorable. But the problem is that he can't be controlled. The dog will be able to tell far earlier before he has these drops or spikes, um, and it's a life-and-death matter for him. Then you have dogs that can alert to hypoglycemia. In other words, low blood sugar, which sometimes can be even more deadly because if somebody's blood sugar drops, they can pass out very quickly. Uh, they can fall over and hit their head on, on a table, or they can hit their head perhaps on the floor, fall, break bones, crack their head. I mean, it's serious stuff. We can train dogs for balance or for mobility, in other words, to help someone to be able to stand up or to sit down or training a dog for almost anything you can imagine. And now we have the PTSD dogs which uh, and, and emotional support dogs as well, 
which have different, the, the emotional support dogs are thought of as treated a bit differently because they're not technically service dogs. But some of the PTSD dogs, if they fit the description and fill the description of a service dog, um, you know, there are people who have had traumatic issues that have happened in their lives, some people with traumatic brain injuries. And we urge everyone, you know, not everybody looks disabled. Um, when we saw the, uh, the, a couple of the uh, ignorant comments among the 105,000 incredible people who were supportive, there were a couple people who said, well, I saw a lady in the supermarket the other day, and she was young and looked perfectly healthy to me. Could she have been a faker? Yeah. But you know what? Being young doesn't mean you're perfectly healthy. The one little boy I just mentioned is 16 months old. He's not even a year and a half old. He looks perfectly healthy. He could die. Believe me, it's not a laughing matter. So that's why I think the service dog community at large needs to really crack down on people who are faking it and also on these agencies, some of these fake agencies that pop up and fall down. And, you, you know, that's the problem because you have people who are reaching out and who are desperate very often. They're looking for help. They want a service dog for their child. They want that dog. And, and they're trying to do it the right way, and they're getting ripped off by people. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But it's the whole key of why do we need to, to bring our dog into a restaurant if it's not a service dog? First of all, why would you want to drag your, your pet, even if he's well-behaved, why would you want to drag him around into a restaurant? You think the dog wants to lie under the table instead of on your couch? Chances are... He probably wants to lay on your couch or on his nice comfy bed in the sun. He doesn't want you to drag him around. Service dogs put a lot of time and a lot of um, emotion into it very often. I know my Wyatt, who uh, won the AKC Ace Award in 2010 at only two years of age, youngest dog ever to win the Ace Award, and, you know, he loves to be with me. But, you know, I have these days that it's, you know, I've got to be outside, and this dog's got to be with me. Um, I have another one I also use because I travel so much, um, so I have two that kind of alternate on and off because it's, it's a lot of work. But if you take an average day, let's say Wyatt goes with me, and let's say I'm traveling, which I do very often. So we get up early, we drive with a limo or whatever uh, to the airport. He has to get... Into, a, into the security and the ticketing and all that. He has to lay down on the floor with a little mat that I bring him, obviously not as comfortable as his little cushy bed at home. And then he has to get scrunched up into the bulkhead of the plane and lie there, which he, of, of course, does. And then he has to get off the plane, uh, down a little chute, pull, help me to get up and, and down, um, help me with the luggage if, if need be, and then he has to sit in the back of an unfamiliar vehicle uh, and, you know, help me and put his, you know, put his himself second. Now, he loves doing that. He's got the right attitude for a service dog. But why would you want to just drag a dog who didn't want to go out? Why would you want to drag your dog if, if it's just a pet? If it helps you, then great. If it's a legitimate service dog, then great. But don't mess up other people's 
um, you know, need and make it look very juvenile um, and that you're not really, you know, that you're faking it. Don't do that. If it's a pet, leave him at home. He's happier there. But we'll talk more about that in a moment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to find environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo, healthy. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. I forgot to tell you guys today that we're going to have some uh, other shelters. We've just added some rescue partners to our foundation who will be working with United Canine Professionals team members. Um, we've got a new one in New York State, another one in New Jersey, and we've got one, I believe, in Colorado, and another two, I believe, in California, and there are some others. If you are part of a rescue or if you uh, are somebody who is involved with a shelter or helping dogs who are specifically targeted um, from shelters and rescues to be adopted or to be worked with, you can call us at 855-4K9PROS, which is 855-459-7767. That's 855-459-7767. Ask about the Rescue Partners Agreement. Now, what that means and this ties in really, really well because it's called from shelter dog to service dog for a reason. If you tie in with one of our people, and we've got people, more than 200 people around the country, we've also got people in 10 other countries. So if you, let's say, live in Colorado or California or Texas or, or Virginia or New Jersey or wherever you might live, and if you have, or Alaska, right, Jesse? If you have um, an access to working with a shelter, and if there is one of our representatives in your area, we would be having them come out free of charge and helping you uh, periodically, usually once a month, with some of the dogs that you have that are behavioral issues. Not, we're not looking for dogs that your local trainer can help you with. If your trainer that you have at your rescuer who works with you for free, um, you know, with your rescue dogs, if that person is able to handle it, then that's great. But if you have that dog or those dogs or that type of dog that you get them in and you either wind up having to euthanize them or you end up having to transfer them to somebody else, or you can't rescue them at all because of their behaviors, you need to contact us. We will help those dogs. We do not charge shelters and rescues for helping. 
Okay, that doesn't mean we're going to work for you full time, but it means that if you guys have dogs that need help, we can help you. So, for instance, we help you, and you're a rescue partner, like uh, 11th Hour Rescue, which is one of my favorite, or Southern Paws with Ashley, who's awesome. And if we help you, and you have a dog that needs help, we come in, we work with you. Well, let's say now you get that dog adopted. We will give you up to 50% discount um, from our normal charge. So this way, anybody who adopts that dog has that behavioral help, which turns into a lifetime guarantee. So, for instance, you have a dog, you're working with me because I do give 50% off. All of our people give somewhere between 25 and 50% off for rescue and shelter dogs. You, you have a dog and the dog needs help. You get somebody and go, wow, this is like the perfect person. If only we had help. So what you do is either you waive the adoption fee or you charge a little less or the person says, hey, I want to work this out. I want to save this dog. They contact us and you can get, like for me, you would get a 50% off what I normally charge because of your rescue partnership. That's only for rescue partners, okay? So it's to your advantage if you have a rescue or shelter, even if you're a small rescue. I just spoke with a lovely girl from uh, a rescue that's in New Jersey, and they do, you know, 100, 150 dogs a year. That's, that's still great. That's 100 or 150 dogs a year that aren't being put to sleep. So don't feel like, oh, we're, only, we're little, we only do like 100, or we're little, we only do 15 a year. It doesn't matter. You are part of the solution. I talk about it all the time. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Because what you're going to do for us, by us teaching you, and we can even come in and do different programs for you to help raise money and do things to bring money into your shelter or rescue, let's just say for a minute that now you have a dog and you, you see this dog and you go, wow, you know, I've learned a lot from you guys, and, or Janice, I've learned so much from you. I think I have a dog here at our shelter that might be a terrific service dog. And now because you know more, now you know a little more than the people who don't know what they don't know. Now we may be able to rescue one of your dogs to take one and turn it into a service dog. That's so cool. So you're not only helping your dogs and educating yourselves, but you're also potentially helping Merlin's kids. 855 Hi Wyatt, 855 Hi Wyatt, or org in maybe getting one, and here's your dog, is now going to be on our website, and it's going to have this great story about how the dog is rehabilitated, and we train it, and we place it eventually with the person who could be a special needs child, adult, or even a veteran. And that's what the greatest thing is, is that we can help each other. We want to help each other. We don't want you to be sitting there in Cleveland, Ohio, with no help. We are always looking for people. You don't have to be an expert. And as, and as a matter of fact, sometimes we like to have people who aren't such self-proclaimed experts in canine behavior or obedience because we can teach you that. What we need is someone with a nice, calm, confident energy, someone who's a thinker, not somebody who thinks too much that you're always second-guessing yourself, but somebody who's a thinker, who's trying to figure out, hmm, I wonder why the dog's doing that, because we will teach you why the dog's doing that. We have a great team. Like I said, more than 200 people now all across the country, 
And it's awesome to see these beautiful people who all love dogs and who are all trying to make this world a better place, not just for people, but for dogs. So we can help you to help more dogs in your area. And you can even be a private person. You don't need to be part of a rescue or shelter for that. If you say, you know, wow, this I love your shows, Janice, and we have a lot of people who actually call up on the 800 number and they ask to talk to me, and I'm always happy to talk to people. But what's cool is people of all different areas, from all different walks of life, can come together and we're united by the fact that we love dogs. Um, I've got a big interview coming up. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. There's actually two. And I'm going to talk a little bit at the uh, next segment about it a little bit more. But the goal is, why do we have to hate the other rescue? Why is it that rescue people who are arguably some of the kindest people in the world, why do we get mad? And I'm not going to include myself. Why do you get mad? Why do you break up rescues? Why do you have a personality conflict and now you break up into two rescues? Because you're stronger. The more people you have in your rescue, the more people who can help you, the more channels you have, the more abilities you have with transportation and fundraising. Aren't we all here to just help dogs? Aren't we all here because we love dogs? Don't we just love animals? Maybe you don't like snakes or you don't like cats or you don't like aardvarks, but we all love animals. Why do we argue, not we? Why do you argue? Why do some of you break up rescues and, and just have difficulty in, in being nice to other people? Like my good friend Temple Grandin says, just play nicely with others. Just play nicely with others. We're going to talk more about how you can be one of our rescue partners or even learn how to do natural canine behavior rehabilitation to help us to save more dogs. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dogs. To service dog with Janice Wolf. And hey there, Pam, because you have never missed one single podcast or live. Uh, and I love that. I appreciate it. And of course, to DJ, who I'm going to get to see again next week. We're going to go up. We'll be up in uh, Syracuse, New York, Ithaca, New York, um, and the general Corning, uh, Cortland area, and um, up in that general uh, neck of the woods, almost to Schenectady. We'll be up there next week, and then we'll be up in Niagara Falls area 
um, the mid to end August. So if you are in those areas and you need help, reach out to us. The best thing to do is to either email us or better yet, uh, you can go on our website and put in a contact form and request help. We can definitely help you. We have some amazing people. We actually have quite a big presence up in central New York and even upper New York State and certainly uh, down state as well. So we can help you. Now, let's go back to what we started to talk about with rescues and shelters. Now, why do we all as little kids, think about back when you were a little, little kid. You might be three, and your first word when you were, let's say, one was pony, like my first one was pony. Uh, My second one was probably rich husband. No, that didn't happen. But you think about when we were little kids, when did you first realize that you just loved dogs or you loved animals? You just loved the little furry and the little feathered and the little thinned little creatures and the little frogs and all the beautiful things that nature has that we say God made. And if you don't believe in God, then whoever it was, whatever divine influence created it, whatever science created it, let's not argue. But Just imagine back to when you were a little kid and you wanted your first dog. You wanted a bunny, and you, of course, you wanted a a, a horse. Parents wouldn't let you have a horse, so you tried and lobbied for a dog. Maybe that didn't work, so now you got fish. You got fish. It wasn't a dog, it wasn't a horse, it was fish. But they were alive and they weren't on your dinner plate, so you were happy. You got to feed them, you got to nurture them, you got to help them to live. And maybe they got ick, and maybe they didn't live that long. Maybe you got it at a carnival or at a kind of birthday party, and the fish died before you got home. Well, maybe that wasn't so great. But we all, or many of us, but most of us listening, had that experience of finding that life was not just about us, but that life really revolved around others and around things that needed us to care for them to take care of them, to make sure they were clean, to make sure they were healthy, to make sure they were fed, to make sure they were at the right temperature. And it was something that for kids, and especially for my brother Jeff, who is the coolest guy in the world and I love him dearly, we wanted a dog. We, I guess that's probably the thing that united us as kids because we're almost six years apart. But I remember being a kid and my brother and I just saying, hey, Dad, we'll do anything. We'll take care of it. We'll do whatever we have to. We really want a dog. We love the fish. We really love the fish. But it's really hard to take a fish for a walk because you can only do it once. And then the second time you have to flush them down the toilet and pray they make it down to the river. So think back to what you were when you were a kid. Think back to before you understood why do grown-ups argue. Gee, that's really dumb. Why do grown-ups argue? And now you are a grown-up, and some of you are arguing. Why do, we, why do we deviate from that? Why don't we just go back to being the way we were as kids? Wow, there's a rescue, and you know what? I really don't like that lady, but I didn't like my third grade. Oh, I, I loved all my teachers. I didn't like my third grade teacher. She was mean. Or I didn't like, you know, the kid that lived down the block. But you know what? Maybe the kid who lived down the block or maybe the teacher that you thought was mean was just trying to help you. Or maybe they had problems. It doesn't matter. You should go back to when you were a kid, thinking about what made you happy and what brought you to the wonderful world of animals in the first place. 
Wasn't it the love for the animals? Was it also maybe being able to meet cool people? Like, I was big in 4-H from, like, about 8 years of age till I mean, I was a leader even until uh, only 4 or 5 years ago in, in 4-H. It's, my whole life was 4-H. And I was in with the bunnies and houseplants and the rockets and the horses, and it was great. I got to meet great people who loved the same things that I loved and who wanted to spend time with animals. I was even a judge for rabbit shows. I was a judge for horse shows. I've been a judge, uh, a guest judge for certain dog shows, especially for some of the juniors things. It's fun, and I love being around people who love the same things I love. But why is it that some people, maybe it's a personality defect, I'm not saying all of you, but you may know someone who is in rescue or is in this type of a business, and instead of looking at how we can help dogs, they're worried about who said what and who was mean and who offended whom. Is that really what's important? Just imagine that you had your dog that you had as a kid. And imagine that you, the person you hated more than anything in the world, your arch enemy, Tommy down the street, okay? You hate Tommy. Tommy is evil. Tommy represents everything that any seven-year-old could possibly be bad. You hated this kid. Your family dog isn't, isn't doing well. Your family dog is bleeding, or your family dog, God forbid, is, is not breathing. And just imagine if Tommy, the kid you hate, is the only one who holds the secret to helping your dog. Would you not just get over it and say, Tommy, I hate your guts. Please, I need your help. Please save my dog. Wouldn't we have done that as kids? But we won't do it as adults. Well, I will. But you guys won't do it as adults, you, the, some of the rescue people. And I don't mean to be picking on you, but our goal should be what it was when we were five years old just to help animals and to be around anyone else. Yes, they may be a little loopy. Yes, you may not like them. Yes, you may hate them, but they want to help animals. And isn't that what you want to do? Don't you want to help animals too? Isn't it all about helping the animals? Can't we just, like in the words of Rodney King, can't we all just get along for the sake of the animals? Why not? But it turns into egos. It turns into people trying to, adults trying to hurt other adults. It turns into people trying to discredit other people. It turns into people leaving a shelter or a rescue group and, you know, and, and starting their own, thinking they're going to do better. You're not helping anyone. You're hurting the animals. Get over yourselves. And I don't mean this with everybody, but there are a couple of people who are listening who are going to know, and I'm not even saying it's you. But you know people that I'm talking about. Probably those people aren't listening to my show. But the goal is always for us to get along, to help each other so we can help save more animals, so we can educate more misguided and uninformed people. Right, Catherine and Checkers, that word you always love when I use? We need to educate people. We need to help prevent Four million, four million, think about the numbers, four million dogs every year being euthanized across this country. Four million. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Now, okay, maybe some of them are sick, but uh, they're probably not if they're in a shelter. They're probably dogs that are relatively healthy, 
Some certainly might need to be euthanized for the right reason. But to euthanize dogs because we don't have room for them because stupid people breed mixed-breed dogs or refuse to spay and neuter their pets who are never going to be show dogs and might not even have good conformation, might have genetic issues. And I'm not saying only show dogs. But good show dog breeders like myself, we breed to better our breed. We breed to make our breed stronger, to live longer, to be healthier, to have better temperaments. That's why you breed a dog, not to show your kids the joy of birth. I'll be right back in a moment. Stay tuned for more when we return. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com, order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog. To service dog with Janice Wolf, and we're talking about us getting over who we think we are. Well, think about for a minute when you were five, how you would have done anything. I remember being a little kid, maybe seven or eight years old, picking up a pitchfork and helping to clean horse stalls because I wanted to be near the horses. I didn't even care if I rode. My dad paid for me to have lessons, and it was fun, but I didn't care. It wasn't enough. A half hour once a week wasn't enough. I needed to be around those horses. I just wanted to see them, to smell their ears, to pet them, to look into their eyes, to hear them nicker and whinny, to watch them, even if somebody else was riding them, just to be around that power. And the same thing with dogs. I just love being around dogs. I'd rather be around dogs than people any day. And I know probably everybody on this, on this show listening right now is going to agree with me. Would you rather be around 10 Rhodesian Ridgebacks or rescue dogs or beagles or whatever kind of dogs you love, or would you rather be around 10 people in your office when you're relaxing? I don't think that's, uh, that's about as rhetorical a question as has ever been posed in, in the history of humans and rhetorical questions. Well, we love to be around dogs because why? They don't have attitudes, right? Even a dog who's dominant, it's not for the same reason. It's not to hurt somebody or make somebody feel bad. Why do we want to be around dogs instead of humans? Because we don't have to talk to them. How many times people say, 
hey, oh, if only my dog could talk. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, if only Wyatt could talk, I'd want to marry him, right, Carol Celentano, my good friend Carolee? Carolee said she would like to marry Wyatt. And I said, you know, I would love for you to marry Wyatt, but I wouldn't want Wyatt to talk. Because I tell you, honestly, part of the beauty of him is that I have to figure out what he's saying with his eyes. I can't listen with my ears. I have to focus with all my energy. And I have to be beautifully understanding of him. And if he spoke, perhaps I wouldn't like what he had to say. And maybe he wouldn't like what I have to say. That's what's great about animals. We don't have to have that spoken, kind of, you know, harsh, scripted, spoken word. We just look. We love. We snuggle. We just know that we love each other. There are no words involved. We don't need words. This is what I'm trying to get you, those of you who are in this for the right reasons, but maybe are kind of falling out of this, or those people who are thinking of getting involved in rescue or in getting a, your own dog or getting a second dog, just do it for the right reason. Why would we not want to help animals or children in need? I mean, you know, that's why I didn't say adults in need, because a lot of you would say, uh-uh, I don't care. And, and I might say that for a few people I've met through my life, too. But just think back to the wonderful world of being a little kid and of how animals impacted us what they've meant to us as we've grown up, so that that has impacted who we are. You know, the crazy cat lady that has a 100 cats? Well, maybe she's not that crazy after all. She's not harboring a 100 people, is she? She's harboring animals. How about the person who has 10 dogs? Do you think that person's crazy? I'd rather be with 10 dogs than one human sometimes. <laughs> so the goal is... Let's try to all come to terms with this. I wanted to also mention we have a big event coming up in September in New Jersey. Um, we're actually, uh, we even have to have security according to the park because we're going to have quite a few people. Um, but it's going to be so cool. We're going to have a very special event. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but we're going to bring together the worlds of show dog people and the worlds of rescue dog people. And symbolically, we're going to bring them together to show how we all love the same animals. We all want the same things. And can't we just put our differences aside? Can't we put our egos aside? Because I've seen some pretty big egos in rescue, more so even sometimes in show dog people. Can't we just put that aside to reclaim and rediscover what we had as kids where we were just happy to have a dog. I remember my first horse, Amber, Smoky Amber. She was an unpapered uh, quarter horse. I don't know what she really was. She was supposedly a quarter horse. She could have been anything. I didn't care. I wanted any horse. And remember back when you were a kid, you wanted any dog or any bunny or any. It was just having something of your own that can be partly that you're responsible for and partly that's just going to unconditionally love you, no matter what. That's the best feeling ever, isn't it? So let's try to get back to that. Let's try to have the spirit of Merlin's kids saving the world two lives at a time. I trademarked that many, many years ago, and I've seen a couple of, uh, 
couple of people have copied that. I'm not coming after you to sue you. It's the concept, and and I just I'm happy that other people are are stealing my my intellectual property in a way because it, it's the spirit what I'm looking for. I want everybody around the country, around the world, to not kill dogs, to not harm dogs, to not abuse dogs. We think about dogs in the United States, and we oh that person you know didn't give you know the best food available. Well. In Bulgaria, where I'll be in, uh, you know, this summer, um, and in some many other places around the world, Korea, the soy dogs, oh, my God, they're raising dogs in horrific conditions to be eaten. Now, you know, if they raise dogs nicely, and, and I'm not saying that I agree with it, and they took good care of them like we do with the cows in this country because of my good friend Dr. Temple Grandin and Grandin Livestock Systems, who has basically changed the way animals are slaughtered uh, so that they don't feel pain and they're not afraid. You know, if we go to other countries, here we are fighting amongst ourselves, fighting over, oh, don't adopt from that rescue, adopt from me. We're, I'm a better rescue. I'm nicer. You see how nice I am? And you're like, okay. I didn't know that... Uh, that the uh, institutions were, were letting people like you out yet, but okay. Why do we argue with each other? Can't we just all try to get along and all appreciate the fact that, yeah, we're different. It would be really boring if we were all the same. So let's just try to work together to prevent dogs in other countries from being abused, from being really tortured and eaten, and from other countries and other areas in our country, just to help all of them. Can't we just try to help all of them? Wouldn't that be wonderful if only we could do that? So let's try to band together. Let's contact 855-4-CANINE-PROS, which is 855-459-7767. If you want to be a canine behaviorist, yes, it takes a while to learn. It's going to take probably the better part of a year uh, to learn, and it's going to take the better part of a lifetime to perfect. But let's go help dogs together. You can have a career while you're helping others and helping rescue dogs and shelter dogs and people who just need help and are looking out, just searching for you to have somebody to help, especially if there aren't any good trainers or anybody or behaviorists at all in your area. So, And then, you know, of course, help us with Merlin's Kids, and you can register for our dog walk. You can do it virtually. You can have your own team, and we will assign one of our volunteers. We have a ton of people. We'll have hundreds and hundreds of people walking. So have them register on MerlinsKids.org. You can help, and you can um, allocate it to a specific child who might be in need of a service dog or a veteran who might need a dog or for our cancer and disease detection program. So we're really at the forefront. All we want to do is to help people and help dogs and help save the world two lives at a time. I can't believe we've done, gotten finished with a, yet another show. Thank you so much. God bless you. Stay safe in this heat, and have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. 